You're listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind, episode number eight. Welcome to Confessions of the Creative Kind. I'm your host, Jess Kovic, media producer by day, designer, photographer, and creative entrepreneur by later that day. Join me as I stumble through life as an artist, pick myself up, and confess everything that I've learned on the way down. Y'all ready for this? Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're all well. I am doing swimmingly. I've got plans later, and those plans consist of the series finale of Game of Thrones. It's been a 10-year buildup, and I'm super looking forward to it. But before I do that, I'm going to record this episode for you, say hello, and share what's been up with me. I did a music recital today, which prompted the topic of this episode, which is going to be all about stage fright and performance anxiety my stage fright and performance anxiety, as I have a lot of experience with that. But I have to say, I'm feeling really good about this performance today. This is the this is the fourth music recital I've done, and I feel the best about this one. I'm going to tell you all about it and tell you why and all of my experience with anxiety. But right before that, I will tell you that I've got another event coming up this week on Thursday in downtown Los Angeles at the Iron Triangle Brewery. I'm going to be participating in Art and Beer Night again. I think this is my my fourth or maybe fifth time doing the Art and Beer Night. It's a one-night event at the brewery from 7 to 12. This is going to be the last event at Iron Triangle Brewery, so it's a goodbye to them as they will no longer be at that location anymore, which is sad, but we're going to send them off well. So that's going to be this Thursday, May 23rd, 7 p.m. to 12 in downtown Los Angeles. I will put all of the information in the show notes. You can purchase pre-sale tickets for $5 at the link I'll give you or it's a $12 entry fee at the door there's lots of other artists and makers that'll be exhibiting and selling their merch as well as live musical performances and it's a bar so you can drink if that's your thing so don't forget to check out the show notes you can get all the information and maybe some fun photos maybe videos we'll see at jesskovic.com forward slash podcast forward slash eight and that will be all the show notes for this episode. And you can leave comments and tell me what you thought or just comment on your own experience with performance anxiety. So as we're talking about performance anxiety, no, not like that. Get your mind out of the gutter. I'm talking about public speaking, performing in public with music, giving a speech, giving a presentation. It all rolls up into that category. And as artists in any way, shape or form, there tends to be a time where we're working alone, all by ourselves, creating our thing, doing our craft. At some point, we are either asked to or we have desire to share it with other people. Ah, the worst, right? Well, it doesn't have to be. It shouldn't be. I don't want it to be anymore. And that's partly why I've begun this journey of trying to put myself out there more. This podcast is part of that journey. You're part of that journey. Welcome. Let's go. Come along. So over the past year, about a year, I have been taking private voice and piano lessons. I started the voice lessons first and then added on you can do a half and half package. So it's half piano and half 
voice. So I added on the piano teaching a little bit later. For about a year, um, studying music in a way I never had before. I know what you're thinking. Where does she find the time? That's a good question. I have no idea. I'll let you know when I find any time because I feel like I'm always overwhelmed and busy. But you know, it comes with the territory of putting yourself out there and doing the things that you want to do. So you just kind of have to deal with it. And this is why I wanted to take a little deeper dive into this kind of anxiety of showing up with your craft and being put on the spotlight. I have struggled with performance anxiety, anxiety of different types and what I thought was mostly social anxiety all growing up. This is kind of stemmed in the same vein, but I have a really hard time being the center of attention or hard time being in the spotlight, though I crave it. I assume that that's something that other people can relate to. If that's you as well, I'd love to chat with you about it because misery loves company. So I know some people will talk about the difference of being an introvert and an extrovert. For a long time, I think I was a hardcore introvert, but as I'm getting older, I think those lines are getting much more blurred. I've either changed or I feel like labeling yourself or myself in that way can be really limiting in that the definitions of being introverted, you get your energy from being by yourself quieter times. You are more comfortable in situations with that are more intimate with less people and extroverts get their energy from other people, other social events and thrive in, they thrive in situations that are louder, more people, more interaction. I think even people that define themselves as extroverts can find that they to get performance anxiety and get nervous at the thought of sharing anything in a public setting, whether it be a presentation or performing in some type of way. This type of anxiety can manifest in different physical ways, be it a stomach ache, sweaty palms, red in the face, twitching eyes. It manifests differently for other people. A lot of times, at least for me, it's an internal voice saying that you can't or that you shouldn't or that you're going to mess up. You're going to blow it. Uh, Don't try. It's not worth it. A lot of this comes from perfectionism as well, which I have labeled myself as a perfectionist, but not in a good way. That's the type of thing that you say in interviews, right? When they say, give me one of your great qualities and one of your bad qualities, you might say, oh, well, I'm, I'm one of my worst qualities is I'm a perfectionist. And that's you trying to mask the fact that you just don't want to tell them any of your flaws. This is not that, but being a perfectionist in a negative way or in a way that I don't love about myself is feeling like whatever you create or you produce or you put out into the world has to be perfect before you can share it with anybody because you're too worried about the criticism that comes along with showing up. And again, I've struggled with it my entire life. Not unlike a lot of people, I understand that this isn't just a me problem. Taking it all the way back to when I was a kid, I feel like I was a lot more outspoken, a lot more wild and weird and quirky and didn't care about what people think and that's a lot of kids a lot of kids you're not introduced to the judgment of the rest of the world yet or you don't realize that you're not cognizant so you kind of just carry on doing whatever you want whenever you want and then you have experiences in life that maybe stifle that when I was a kid I vaguely remember but I mostly remember from my family telling me stories about it I had a shtick uh, a shtick with a stick in which I would take this cane that my great grandmother had. It was one of those canes where it has a base where you see, I think the 
the character in Up has that you put the tennis balls on it. So I don't know, it doesn't scuff the floor or is quiet. And then the top part bends over. And to me, being a little kid and just about the right height, it looked like a microphone. So for whatever reason, I decided that I wanted to give speeches all the time. So I'd gather my family up into the living room, whoever was there at the time at my grandparents, great grandparents house. And I'd say, I've got a speech, everybody get ready, everybody watch me, gather round, gather round. I'd take a blank white sheet of paper and carry it up there as if those were my notes. There was nothing on the sheet of paper. And I would take an extended time clearing my throat uh, <coughs> because probably that's what I saw people doing on TV and that's how I assumed you had to start every speech. So I'd clear my throat and I'd always start, ladies and gentlemen, and then I'd proceed to whatever four-year-old nonsense gibberish that came out of my mouth and I was a little cute four-year-old kid that you know all my family would applaud and laugh over because I had this weird inclination that I needed to give speeches about random nothing as I grew up and this had to have happened to a lot of people please tell me I'm not the only one somewhere around I'm I'm guessing middle school that's right in that preteen age and the tween age, 11, 12, 13, where you're just awkward, your body's going through weird things, puberty, kids are starting to get real mean, and just a lot of change happening. And I feel like that's when I kind of lost my, I lost my confidence in wanting to speak publicly or give my silly little speeches. Around that time, you're starting to become more aware, you're, you have different experiences, maybe PTSD, pain points from being made fun of or a traumatic situation that made maybe stifled you wanting to express yourself. I can't really pinpoint a specific thing that happened to me. I just internalized and internalized a lot more around then. So I have always wanted to do something in music and I was just too scared and also too lazy to follow through. I have stopped and started several instruments. I started drum lessons for reasons I won't get into today, didn't continue. I have a harmonica I started to learn for maybe about a week, put that down. I started to play the ukulele, didn't finish that. Um, The acoustic guitar, bass guitar, I think that's it. (laughs) But all of those things I stopped and started, but I love music. I always fantasized about being a musician in some way. I think musicians are awesome and like the coolest people on the earth but I never had the nerve to finish and singing in particular I always felt that I could never it was unfathomable to try and be a singer I thought that if you weren't born with it that you there was no chance you weren't going to learn it's not a, a skill that you learn it's just something that you know how to do you have a physical ability god or whatever higher power you believe in given talent that is just is what it is. As I got older, I started to realize that, wait a minute, we all have more or less the same physicality, maybe some slightly advantaged than others. If the tools are there, it seems like this can be trained. Maybe not get to this power ballad level, but if I could just sing with friends and jam, that's my ultimate goal. So this need and desire to want to express myself in that way didn't go away ever. It continued to grow and it continued to be something that I wanted to pursue and was just scared because in essence, 
any type of musical interaction, if you're playing an instrument, if you're singing, even if you're producing alone in a room by yourself, the intent is that you're going to share that with someone. So all of that brings a high amount of anxiety in just the thought of doing it. A few years ago, I finally got up the nerve to take singing lessons and I am cheap and I wanted the absolute best deal. And I had no real idea of what the range or what I should be looking for in a singer, just someone that knew how to sing better than I did and they could teach me how and I would pay them as little as I had to. So of course I go to Craigslist and I found someone where it would be $30 a lesson. I would go to their house and they would teach me how to sing for about an hour a week. I ended up finding this guy who I showed up to his house, what I thought was his house, and he actually lived in the back house in what was what looked like a converted shed, filthy dirty, and he kept his sunglasses on the entire time. For a good maybe 20 minutes of each session that I was working with this guy, I say working in quotations, he proceeded to tell me about his experiences on the road and traveling and dating high-profile women whose name he couldn't disclose, but they were very famous women. And at the time, I was just so vulnerable and so eager and wanting to finally get started on this singing that I just, I wanted to be a good sport and be open. And I thought, I'm just going to be really patient and do what this guy asked me to do and hopefully become a better singer. I think I went to him for maybe a couple of months and I wasn't progressing at all. I'm not going to put it all on him. I was very anxious about singing in front of anyone. It took a long time for me to openly sing, even in front of my husband, who I, who's my best friend, closest person in the entire world. It was nerve wracking to sing in front of him, which is so silly when I think about it, but it gave me so much anxiety. And that's not even on a stage or in front of a crowd. That's in front of one person that I love and that loves me. I never got to a point where I felt like I was fully opening up with this guy and it wasn't for very long. At some point I was going to go to a lesson and he had texted me because I had canceled a lesson the week before because I was traveling and some weird communication. He, I like to say that he broke up with me because he sent me a text message, something about saying if I was going to come today, then we'd have to pay for a new pack of lessons and might as well not do that. It's just business. I took that as he wanted to end the lessons regardless, so I just said okay and moved on, but it was a really weird interaction, and I feel like I'm probably, it's probably for the best that we didn't continue because I'm not sure how much he would have taught me. So I stopped for a while, but the itch still remained, and then finally I I enrolled in a community college class that was a group class, like singing for adults or something like that. And that wasn't bad, but it wasn't super professional level. I personally wasn't at a stage where I was opening up still. So it was, I think, a six-week class. Now that I've been into this for over a year now, that's not enough time when you're experiencing this level of anxiety about this thing. So I did the class. There was a performance at the very end. It was in the school auditorium. There was just three students in the class. So it was the three students and then our immediate families that went. So I don't know, maybe 10 people. It was incredibly nerve wracking and I got through it. But it was a tiny baby first step, which led me to seek out private lessons. I felt like because I was still so nervous about performing in front of people, I I needed a one-on-one teacher. I needed to get a lot more confident in my skills so that I could start singing in front of people. Before I started any of this musical journey, I was seeing a therapist for what I thought was social anxiety. That was why I went, but I feel like there was a whole lot more 
wrapped up into why I was feeling anxious in social situations and performance anxiety. The therapist that I went to at the time had me fill out a form and you just check a lot of boxes. And once I did that, she said, yep, looks like you've got social anxiety, which looking back now seems like a very premature diagnosis just to fill out one piece of paper within a five minute period. She also immediately wanted to offer me medication, which is a sensitive subject for a lot of people. And certainly at the time, I think I was 18 or 19, the thought of someone saying immediately take medication was shocking to me. And I don't have a problem with people taking medication for that if they need it. But it was so weird that that was the first thing within the first 15 minutes of talking to this woman that I really shied away from. She also, upon asking me what I was doing, I said I was studying graphic design at the time. Her response was, oh, that's great. Graphic designers just kind of work quietly and they, they, they work by themselves and they don't have to talk to people that much. Great, great choice of a profession. And again, that just seems so backwards to me. I go back to thinking about being an introvert or a extrovert or labeling yourself that way. And a lot of introverts like being introverted. They like not being around crowds. They don't see anything wrong with it. And there isn't anything wrong with it if that's your preference, if that's how you choose to spend your time. In this case, I wasn't saying that I am this way, is it okay? I had a desire to express myself and connect with people and be in crowds. I, I craved it and I wanted that. So that response felt really stifling and limiting and wasn't really giving me what I wanted. So possibly needless to say, I didn't see her for very much longer. I think it was just not the right fit of a therapist for me at the time. So I have to share what happens and why I say that I feel anxious or I have this anxiety when I'm trying to perform or speak in public. I bet that some of you have similar experiences and stories. At one point before I started the private lessons, when I was on the cusp of really wanting to do something about my desire to want to sing and do something with music. A friend of mine and I do these, what we call crafty hour. I'll explain that in detail on another podcast, I promise, but I get together with a small group of friends and we share our passion projects together. So it's a little bit of a show and tell. So again, public speaking and sharing something that is important to you in front of people could potentially sound like a nightmare, right? It's not. There's a lot of positives about it. But so I think the second one that we did is around the time that I was flirting with the idea of wanting to sing and I was getting up the courage to sing in public and singing a lot in the shower, which I thought sounded great, which the acoustics are great. Everyone does. And I decided that I was going to, for my part of the presentation, going to sing. I was just going to, you know, fuck it, do it. Put yourself out there. These are close friends. This is supposed to be an intimate situation anyway. Perfect. Let's do it. I chose to sing a Simpson song from the episode Maison Derriere. I will link it in the show notes if you're not familiar. If you aren't familiar, it's a bedrock of our pop culture society and please study up on seasons one through 10. Thank you. PSA over. Anywho, I decided that I was going to sing the Maison Derriere song. It's a cartoon, so there's characters and different voices that that go into it. It's a silly song. So I decided that I was going to sing it, and I was going to sing it with all the character voices because, to me, it felt a lot easier to, to try to sing in someone else's voice than to try to sing in my own voice. It felt less vulnerable, 
I could kind of hide that way. So the night comes and I, it's my turn. I'm going to go share. I told my friends I wanted to be first because I was not going to sit there for the entire time waiting and being nervous while everybody else shared their thing. So I went first and I was sitting on a stool and I said, you know, I'm going to be singing this song from the Simpsons. Here I go. Ready. And I went completely blank. I had a room full of 10, 15 people staring at me, their blank faces, staring at my blank face. This is an episode and a song and a show I know all the words to, backwards and forwards. I know all the voices. I could not for the life of me think of how to start that song. It felt like an eternity. So there I was on the stool going, um, hmm, uh, I think it starts, no, hmm. It was incredibly uncomfortable and I think it was a good five minutes and I know what you're thinking that because I was so uncomfortable it probably wasn't that long maybe it was like 20 or 30 seconds no it was a good five minutes and felt like an eternity this would be a good time to discuss the concept of fight or flight in this case I did eventually end up singing the song so in this situation had I got up there was nervous had butterflies had all the symptoms of being incredibly nervous and ex- and experiencing performance anxiety and stage fright, if I did it anyway, sang the song, whether even though I sounded bad, even though I tripped up on a word, it wasn't perfect, lost my breath, whatever, I just got through it. That would be fight, right? In a way, in any of those scary situations, you want to have that fight. You want to get through it. If this would have been a flight situation, I would have gotten up there immediately after I forgot the words or didn't know what to say, I would have just bolted. There'd be a just size hole in the wall where I ran out the door and never looked back. So what isn't always discussed in the fight or flight concept is the third F, which is freeze, which is completely what I did. I was a deer in headlights. Everybody was looking at me. I couldn't think of the words excruciatingly uncomfortable. Even though these are all friends, they all wanted me to do well. They were all very patient and kind and no one made fun of me and great about it. I still froze. I still couldn't find the words. Luckily, after about the five very uncomfortable minutes, I was able to eke out and start the song. And it actually was fine and funny and people laughed. And, you know, of course, humor is a mechanism to get through a lot of those uncomfortable situations and and certainly what I default to a lot of the time. I was really glad I did it, but I definitely beat myself up afterwards because I forgot those lines because how could I have forgotten that? I practiced it so much in the shower by myself. I knew the words to the song and the show I've seen a million times. How could I have forgotten? For anyone that's been in that situation where you've frozen in front of a mid to large group of people, you know how terrible it can be. For me personally, some of the symptoms that I experience are getting very hot, um, red in the chest and the face. I get sweaty palms. Coming on a year later, I still experience all those symptoms. I'm sorry to say because they're very uncomfortable, but I'm learning to cope with it more. And I'm also learning to not beat myself up. That's a daily challenge in this practice of being able to share and express myself creatively that way in large groups of people. I mean, leading up to this recital that I just had today, my right eye eyelid was twitching for a good week. I would get a pit in my stomach that I couldn't really describe. And this is all leading up. This isn't even the day. So I get all those fun things to live with for 
a while as soon as I know that I'm going to be doing anything in public. I mean, I have to confess that the recital prior to this one, I experienced all the same amount of anxiety. It was the first time I was doing piano in front of people. I did the entertainer on the piano, and then I also did piano while singing. Thank you very much. But I did a Bad Romance by Lady Gaga on the piano and sang. But leading up to it, I was a mess of nerves. At one point, I was getting so nervous about it. It was the following weekend. I think it was maybe Thursday or Friday, a couple nights before. And I was thinking about it. And I had kind of an internal panic attack where it wasn't outward. But I ended up sitting in the closet crying. And as a 33-year-old woman, that is very embarrassing to share, but hey, it happened, and I'm here to tell about it. I got through it, but I had to experience all of that discomfort along the way. After I did that recital, and it was great and fine, and I did my best, and it's just another stepping stone in my journey of being a musician, singer, performer. I know that I will experience all these symptoms and anxiety. But that will be the last time that I sit crying in a closet over a singing or piano recital. I can proudly say that was the last time, at least up till now, but I've only had one other recital since then. And why does this happen to me? Why does this happen to us? I'm not the only one. I know that. Why do we find such a problem speaking or performing in front of other people? You're just doing a thing in front of more than one other person. In most cases, I would venture to say maybe 99.9% of cases, performing in front of people will not lead to anything life-threatening. But we get so nervous about it, a lot of people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of death. Personally, for me, I have a hard time being in the spotlight, like I said, but crave it at the same time, which is a weird duality. But as a society... We hate being uncomfortable. We cannot stand being uncomfortable for any second. So having all eyes on us when we feel like we're being judged, it makes us extremely uncomfortable to a point where we don't even want to try doing it. For me personally, that seems like a a huge loss of not being able to do these things that I'm now starting to do that I always wanted to do. And depending on what your beliefs, we only have this one life to live and we should be making it count, so I'm, I'm really trying to do that. As a species, we don't like to be singled out. Going back to our primal instincts of being singled out meant survival, detrimental to your survival. If you were not part of a tribe or a community, it meant you didn't have food, you weren't working together to find shelter, uh, have clothes for warmth, being by yourself meant you were probably going to die. So we still have those primal instincts. We still think that when people are looking at us, judging us, that there's a potential that they're not going to like us or we're going to mess up and they're not going to want to be part of our tribe. And that means we're going to die. That's, that's the way our primal brain is thinking. Of course, that's not the case. Of course, we've evolved beyond needing to be in a tribe in that way, but that still becomes part of our emotional health. We crave being in a community in some type of way. So we want people to like us. So being singled out and putting yourself out there where everybody's looking at you, we automatically feel judged. We feel like there's potential for them to not like what we're doing. It does help me to kind of analyze this in a way that it doesn't make sense to focus on that anymore. Now it can be about expression and creativity. It doesn't have to be 
judgment. It shouldn't be about judgment and it should be more about self-fulfillment. It's also worth noting that we live in a society of perpetuating perfectionism in social media, Instagram, television, movies, magazines. All of that helps to create this feeling and fear and thought that if you're anything less than perfect, then you're not worthy. And that does horrible damage to our psyche. It creates the voices in our heads that say, you're not good enough. You can't do this. You'll never be good enough. Don't try. I think that we all know on certain level that that's bullshit and it's going to hold us back. We have to battle our inner psyche and tell ourselves that every day, if you're struggling with it, really tell yourself, you are worth it. You're worthy. You can do this. It's going to be okay. You're not going to die. These are literally the things I have to tell myself. I don't want to be too much of a downer. I had a great recital today. I did really well because I did my very best and I enjoyed it. When I was freaking out and feeling like, what if I don't sound like I practiced it? Um, it's going to be so terrible, you know, going through all of those thoughts. And I I call my music teacher, my music teacher slash life coach, because she gave me a great pep talk my last session before the recital. She recommended that I set an intention for this recital and that she didn't need me to be perfect It didn't matter if I messed up. Whatever intention I set, that's what I needed to honor just for myself. And of course, I know that on a higher intellectual level, it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal if I mess up. It was a recital with honestly, mostly children. I was one of two adults that performed today. It shouldn't matter, but I get in my head, we get in our heads and we think it does. But with her pep talk, with preparing that way I did and just continuing to do this, I can happily say that I had a great recital. I feel like a badass. I did my very best. I sang and did the piano for Today by the Smashing Pumpkins. And I performed an abridged version of Colors of the Wind from the movie Pocahontas on the piano. And I fucking nailed it. And I'm really proud of it. And I should be. And I need to say that more. We all need to celebrate ourselves more. Because I don't want to feel sorry for myself any longer. And I don't want you to feel sorry for yourself. I want us all to take action and... If your desire is to express yourself in public, be it with your art in in, in art in any way, if you want to share your poems, your songwriting, your architecture designs, and you need to give presentations, there's there's a place for you to share that work in public. I've talked a lot about exhibiting my art at different art shows. That's a form of public speaking and all of that requires confidence. And if you have that desire, let's all work towards it together. So I'm going to share some of my tips that I've found to be helpful for me leading up to my performance this week and what I try to do and I'm still learning to do. First tip, I like to wear something of a turtleneck or something with a high neck just because I am very fair. I get really red in the face and in the neck when I'm nervous in the chest area. So when I'm wearing something that covers that up, I feel like that's one less thing for me to worry about. That's a personal thing. I know not everybody is as fair as I am or cares about that. But if you do and you're worried about that, wear a turtleneck or a high. I would suggest not eating too much before you're going to perform. There's a great episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Dee performs her stand up and she continues to dry heave. It's her advice, really. You don't want to eat something and seemingly go to gag, dry heave. The heaving becomes less dry when you ate a giant meal. And plus, you'll just feel more uncomfortable, full and bloated and gross. And it's going to be hard to present yourself in the best way, particularly if whatever you're performing requires hand coordination. Like for me, it was the piano. I get very cold hands and feet. 
kind of all the time. And I think my nerves brought that on even more today. So my hands were freezing before I was going to perform. And my sweet, amazing husband offered to get me a tea just so I could, a hot tea so I could hold it and my hands would thaw out. So if you've ever experienced that, maybe get yourself a coffee or tea to hold before you're about to do that. Or they have pocket hand warmers, um, disposable ones or electric ones. Might be a good idea. Or maybe gloves. I've done that before too. This might sound like a no-brainer, but of course, practice be prepared, practice as much as you can until you know you've got it and then don't overpractice. But it's a much different feeling when you go into something prepared. Some people can do things off the cuff, but if you experience a lot of stage fright or performance anxiety, you do not want to go into a situation being unprepared. So practice, know what you're talking about, know what you're performing, have a plan, and you'll feel that much more comfortable and confident going on stage or going in front of people. My next piece of advice is something that helps me personally, and it is to look cute or feel cute. And whatever that means to you, whether that's a lot of glitter, which that's usually what it means to me, wearing an outfit that you feel really good in, or you feel like you look or you you present well in it, and maybe it's your favorite outfit, maybe it's a brand new outfit, you feel all shiny and new in your new outfit, do your hair, whatever it takes. The first time that I performed with that class at the school auditorium, I did a giant over-exaggerated smoky eye with a lot of glitter and I wore a sparkly star dress because I thought that that would help make me feel like a badass and I'd be able to perform more easily. It kind of did, but I just know personally if I don't feel like I look my best or at least the way that I want to look, however you interpret that, it's going to hinder my confidence. Next advice is I have a rule before I perform and I started, I like to start at least a week. It should be an ongoing thing, but to remind myself a week before or a few days before, no negative self-talk. We've talked about how that can roll a lot in your head. In my head it does, but speaking publicly or trying to make jokes of the fact that you're nervous can be kind of detrimental, even though, again, we're trying to deflect with humor or say, oh, I'm, I'm going to suck, or oh, if anybody is still there by the end of the performance, uh, I'll, I'll bow for them, or I don't know, something to that effect. It can seem like a defense mechanism, but it's really detrimental for me. And I've found that it does help and it does take a lot of effort for me to correct those negative thoughts and negative self-talk in my head. Just say, I'm not going to say or think anything negative about myself for the next day and see how many times that comes up for you. You might be surprised that it comes up more than you thought. Again, I want to call out the advice that I got from my teacher about setting an intention and kind of knowing your purpose and deciding what do you want to get out of this? Why are you doing it? Is it because you love the thing that it is? Is For me, it's because I'm so passionate about music and I want this so bad and I love singing by myself. I really want to love singing with other people. And for me, the intention that I set for this last recital was to enjoy it. The last thing that I wanted was to be crying in the closet again or to freeze or just for the entire week or month leading up to it to have this excruciating experience of dread and feeling like it's going to be a terrible thing and uncomfortable. I really tried hard this time to tell myself, along with ending the negative self-talk, to tell myself it's going to be great. I'm going to have a great experience. It's going to be fun. Look at this cool thing that I'm doing. I'm so awesome. Look at this thing that I'm accomplishing that I've never done before that a lot of people don't attempt to do. It was important to me just to have fun, to enjoy it. That's what all of this is all about, doing the creative thing to just for the pleasure of doing it. 
And I think I accomplished that today at least way further, way more than I ever had for any other type of public performing with music. Last year when I was leading up to the first recital that I did with this for these private lessons, I bought a Groupon for hypnotherapy because I wanted to combat my stage fright. It was an interesting experience and pretty trippy. I'll just give you the brief idea of it. And it was kind of half therapy, half hypnotizing. And what they did for me in reference to stage fright, they asked me a lot about did you have a traumatic experience? Did you fall on a stage? Is there something, some trigger that you're thinking about when you're performing either consciously or subconsciously? And I couldn't pinpoint a specific thing, just that I had anxiety. That was something that he introduced to me through that hypnotherapy session of think about having the best time of your life. Imagine going up there and performing or speaking and it gives you great pleasure, which sounds so silly. And oh yeah, I'm just going to say that and then have that experience. But I'm starting to believe that the more that I do that, the more it's retraining my brain to think that. So however tedious, I'm going to continue. And I think it has helped so far. And I think it's going to continue to help the more that I have that mindset of setting the intention to enjoy myself. I've also started to have throat coat tea. That's actual the actual name. You can get it on Amazon, but it's supposed to promote um, a healthy throat and uh, vocal health. A, it's like ginger ac- extract and some other things that are natural herbal tea that's supposed to soothe your throat. They say it's like taking your throat to the spa. I don't know about that, but I've been having that for good measure. You can also buy honey sprays. I have one that's called Vocal Ease that I spray. You can also use honey, just regular honey that you buy at the store and take a teaspoonful and let it coat your throat. And that's supposed to give you, it lubes it up real nice so that you can have a smooth feeling when you speak in public or sing. What else? Okay. I deal with allergies, seasonal allergies. So for me, uh, it was recommended to have an air purifier. So I have that. I also try to use the neti pot. It's a saline irrigation. It's gross and you feel like you're drowning. You pour a saline solution in warm water and you put it through one nostril and all that crap comes out of the other nostril. Then you do it to the other side. But it's supposed to clear your passageways and help for singing and speaking. You can also use Flonase if you have a constant nasal drip like I do. I try not to use it too much because it is very drying. Another method I've been recently researching is EFT tapping. Don't ask me what the EFT stands for because I haven't figured that out yet. But essentially, I saw this in a YouTube video A couple of YouTube videos where people are talking about things you can do when you're feeling anxious about performing. It's rooted from acupuncture and acupressure, so Chinese medicine. So essentially, I'll put um, a link to the information that I was looking up. There's different, I think, seven different points on your head, a point under your eye, in between your eyebrows, your collarbone, that spot between your upper lip and your nose. If you tap that area five to seven times and you do it in sequence, it's supposed to rechannel your energy. In theory, poor health causes symptoms and vibrations in the rest of the body, so it affects everything. Acupressure and acupuncture is, in theory, a way to rechannel energy within your body to heal other parts that are going wrong. In this case, for EFT tapping, using it for anxiety and specifically performance anxiety, if you're feeling a little bit nervous, you can start giving yourself those taps. They also recommend giving yourself an affirmation if you're not familiar. It's kind of what I've discussed a little bit about where you think about 
the negative thing that you are afraid of or that you're worried about. And then you say things to the contrary in your head and you repeat that as you're tapping. And it's supposed to kind of get the energy flowing in the right places. I did try this right before the recital today. As I was waiting for my turn to go up, I did a little tap, tap, tap under my eye and in between my um, eyebrows. And I don't know if it specifically worked. I still felt nerves. It wasn't a cure-all. I didn't think, oh, tap, tap. I'm great. Good to go. I don't feel any nerves. I still felt the nerves. But I did notice for me when I did it specifically under my eye, it drew my focus there. So I kind of had a, a little bit of a ease sensation in the rest of my body because I was focused if that makes sense. I'm going to continue to experiment with it. I feel like there's potential there and I want to understand it more. But hey, I clearly will try anything if it helps ease some of the anxiety of performing. So with all of that said, all of these things I have tried and I do, I still do to try to ease my anxiety leading up into performances or while I'm performing. But I'm fully aware that all of these things are kind of a placebo effect if it works awesome, but it's sidestepping the real issue of confidence. I think that's what I'm most trying to achieve is being confident and comfortable in my own skin, doing the thing that I want to do in front of people. Acquiring that trust within yourself, the confidence and taking care and trusting that you know what you're doing. You've prepared, you've practiced, you are ready. And all the other noise is just getting in the way of you doing the thing you want to do. And when I say you, I'm speaking directly to me because I need to hear that shit. So all of the throat spray and honey, throat coat tea and the tapping and the cutest outfit and the hand warmers, everything that I just talked about, you could have all of that and still sound bad or mess up or do poorly or you could have none of that and you could do amazingly so I know it all comes down to confidence and self-love and taking care and being really gentle with yourself and giving yourself a lot of credit for attempting the thing and having patience and knowing that it might take a long time but however long it takes if it's the thing that you want to do if at first you don't succeed just keep doing it because you fucking love it And that's a pretty good way to go out, I think. So thanks everyone for letting me share my performance crises, plural, with you all. Until next time, I encourage you all to go out and do the damn thing. We'll talk next week. Thank you so much for listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind. If you'd like to see more of my work, you can visit my website at jesskovic.com. And if you're interested in snagging some of my design products, you can visit my online art boutique at sugarbunchcreative.com. You can find and connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at jess underscore kovic. And finally, if you like what you hear on the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store and then tell a friend. Why not? Until next time, take care and talk soon.